Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Pleasure to be joined by the World Series champion, three-time manager of the year, Jim Leland, joins us now via the 101 ESPN hotline. Jim, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Uh, doing very well. Jim, it's not gone as we all expected here in St. Louis to start out the season. They were 3-7 and seven in their first 10 games of the year. I, I wanted to go back to your 2011 experience uh, with the Detroit Tigers. You guys also started 3-7 and seven that season and then eventually ended up going to the ALCS. When you're going through that tough start to the season as a manager, how do you keep things on the track? How do you make sure that everything gets back on track and eventually, like you did, you're able to have successful uh, a successful season? Well, I think, you know, you, you, you got to come into the clubhouse the same way every day. You can't show any signs of panic to your players. Uh, obviously, you're not very happy with the way things are going, but uh, I think you have to come in and keep the same even keel attitude as a manager and don't show any signs of panic. I think, I think one thing that's important is, uh, and I, I really concentrated on this as a manager. I think, uh, and I think that sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case with the Cardinals, so please don't say that, uh, that I am, but I will say this in spring training, you got to be careful. And I know they had the W, uh, or the BCS or the World Baseball Classic, uh, WBC. And, and so I know that Arenado and, and Goldsmith got some good at-bats and everything. But I think sometimes, and I'm not talking about those two guys, I'm talking about any team with veteran players, and you got to be careful because you can l- l- be lulled into a false sense of security if you give veteran players too much slack in spring training. And what I mean by that is a lot of times veteran players will tell you that Hey, don't worry, Skip. I know what it takes to get ready. You know, I've played quite a while. I know what it takes. I know my body. Well, I always tried to make sure that, that you know, I had them play. So I made sure they were ready. I, because if you fall for that sometimes, uh, players get off to bad starts. And you got to be very, very careful with that. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really big point that you don't uh, slack off in spring training. You know, you come in with a nice winter and after a big season, and all of a sudden you uh, relax the way you run your spring training, uh, that's very dangerous. So I always, uh, I always had my players play in spring training because I think that was my number one goal in spring training, have the guys that I know are going to be playing for me, I want them ready to play on opening day. Jimmy mentioned the panic if you know it doesn't start out the way that you want it to. If you sense that panic in players in the clubhouse early in the season, is there anything a manager can do to ease that? Well, I I don't know that the players really panic as much as people think they do. I mean, the players that have been good and have good track records, they know at the end of the day uh, if their numbers and everything is going to be there, the wins are going to come. Uh, in the Cardinals' case, they have a very, very good team. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't worry about that uh, too much at this point. I think, uh, I think the players probably are not going to panic. You might see some young players that panic a little bit that are getting their first opportunity or something, but generally uh, veteran players won't panic. 
Jim, you mentioned your experience at the WBC back in 2017. You had Goldie, you had Arenado. What was your experience like with those two guys? What, what, whether it just be off the field or your experience watching them on it, what stood out about those two players when you when you were able to be with them? Well, they were they were great players and they were two professionals. I think Goldie was actually a little upset that he didn't play quite as much maybe as he wanted to. Although I I did the best I could. I also had Eric Hosmer at the time who was. <laughs> who was, uh, you know, very good, swinging a bat. had been a world champion, I think, in 2015, whenever it was, Kansas City won. So, uh, you know, I, I tried to do the best I could. Arenado, I, I pretty much played every game. Uh, they're two professionals, and they're both great, great players. They're superstars. There's no question about it. Great, great guys, really good guys, and very professional uh, on and off the field. I love both of them. And I, like I said, I felt kind of bad because I think Goldie was a little upset and maybe he didn't get as many at-bats as he wanted to. But in those situations, uh, you know, when you're managing a situation like that, you just do the best you can. There was a couple other players that didn't get as many at-bats as they wanted to, but those two guys were a couple of younger players. So you do the best you can. You can't please everybody. And the the best thing about that was we won the whole thing. (laughs) And a follow-up on that, you guys had a lot of success, of course, as you mentioned there. Uh, how difficult is that to be a manager in the WBC where you've got the backdrop of all these clubs want their players to get the playing time because they're preparing for their regular seasons, and it's really a question for them of, okay, if you're going to the WBC, that's great, but you got to get the at-bats. you got to get the innings that you would in the, in the spring training and is that going to be there? That became a real question this year, Jim, for a lot of teams with the way that the pitching was going over in the WBC. How tough is that when you're managing that team during spring training to make sure, especially with the arms, that they're getting the innings that are necessary while also trying to win the games, as you guys did in 2017, to win the WBC? Well, well I, I, you'd be surprised. I, I've always said it was the best, worst job I've ever had. It was the best job because we won everything, and it was the first time the United States won. It was the worst job because you're scared to death that the players are amping it up a little bit earlier than they normally would, and you're dealing with other teams' players. They're not your players. So you're, you're scared to death that somebody's going to get hurt, and you don't want that on your plate if you can help it. Uh, the Altuve situation was unfortunate. They couldn't help it. The Diaz situation, unfortunate. They couldn't help it. But uh, – it's very difficult, and if I told you some of the things I went through, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I've actually, I actually had pitching coaches call me and tell me, "Hey, my pitcher can throw 13 pitches tonight. That's it." Really? And, <laughs> yeah, and I said, "Well, don't worry, I won't pitch him at all tonight." You know, <laughs> but we were fortunate. We did a good job with our pitching. I felt like we did a very good job. Jeff Jones was my pitching coach, and um, you know, everybody pitched and everybody got their innings, and we never went over their pitch limit or anything like that. So. We were really proud of that, and uh, but I, it's funny you ask that because I talked to Mark DeRosa. He called me uh, early on when he got the job, and I said, the toughest thing you're going to have to deal with, you really have to stay on top of it, your pitching, because it happens fast, and they can only throw so many pitches, and you know, you got to have somebody ready almost at all times, and so that's the difficult part of, of managing that team. The position players, it, it's not so bad because – most of the guys got at bats, and even the youngest guys got some at bats in the earlier stages of that tournament. But uh, it's it's not an easy job, like everybody thinks. Jim, one final question on, on the WBC that I wanted to ask you about that that final at bat that we saw between Otani and Mike Trout. You've been around this game your entire life, Jim. You've been able to watch a lot of baseball. 
Can you put in perspective what that was like for you to watch with what we all know about Shohei and what kind of a player and pitcher he is and then going up against Mike Trout in that moment with, I mean, the title on the line there. What was that like for you to be able to take in? Well, I, I obviously enjoyed it very much. I mean, you could have, I've never believed in scripted games, but if you could ever script one, that was absolutely perfect. And I'm sure it was great for TV. It was great for the baseball fans all over the world to see that, uh, you know, come about. So I was like everybody else on the edge of my seat. And, uh, you know, two of the greatest players in the game, obviously, and teammates. Uh, what a unique situation, really, that, that, that came up. And, uh, you know, it was great. It was great for both those guys, and it was great for baseball. Jim, I want to go back to something you said a little bit ago about talk, or managing younger players. And one player right now that's in the spotlight at Major League Baseball is the Cardinals' young outfielder, Jordan Walker, and a successful start to the early portion of his career. Uh, and one player that I've heard him comped to a lot was Derek Lee, just the way how big he is, how he approaches the at-bats. You had Derek Lee when he was a younger player. What was it that stuck out to you about Derek Lee? And if you've caught any of Jordan Walker, do you see some similarities? Well, Derek Lee was a very calm player. Uh, he had a really good demeanor about him, and he, he never really got too excited, and I think it really helped him. Uh, we broke him in. In fact, I think he hit 17 home runs that year for us, and uh, he was a young player. Of course, that was a team that we lost so many games after losing everybody's in the World Series, but he was really a uh, I, I'm sure this walk, I've heard so much about him. I think with young players, when you're trying to break young players in, you really have to stay on top of that as well. You kind of you get them out there as much as you can. And in his case, he's doing so well; he's going to be in there all the time. But and when they struggle a little bit, you kind of get them out of there once in a while to give them a little breather. Then you put them back in there. You want young players to play, and you can never give up on them too soon. So uh, this kid looks like stardom to me. But you know, it's early, and he's going to end up having to make an adjustments as the league makes adjustments to him. And I'm sure he'll do that. But breaking in young players is really a fun thing. But it is a job. You have to watch and say, you know, here's a real nasty right-handed pitcher. If you got a right-hand hitter that, you know, he's struggling a little bit. I'm going to get him out of there against this guy. We've got a couple lefties coming up in the next series. I'll get him back in there. You know, you want to keep that confidence going as much as you can. So it's it's just another thing that a manager has to do. And you're, you're always working as a manager to, to you know, to look ahead to uh, in case those kind of things unfold. You're always looking as a manager to, you know, make sure you're doing the right thing and make sure you're helping the player get adjusted to major league competition as well as possible. Jim Leland is a World Series champion and a three-time manager of the year in Major League Baseball. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN for just another couple of minutes. Jim, I wanted to stick with that theme of uh, managing young players. The Cardinals have a lot of them on this team, and there are a couple of guys that probably in a best-case scenario are, are DHs on a normal team. But they also play the field, of course, and one of them has been playing in left field quite a lot. And last year, the Cardinals said, hey, we don't want Nolan Gorman getting everyday opportunities at DH. We don't want that the at-bat carrying over for him. We, we want him playing the field regularly. And this year, he's been more at DH because he's got that year of experience at the big league level. He's better at the plate. He's more comfortable with everything that's going on. When you were a manager, how did you handle that with the DH spot? Did you feel comfortable putting young players in that in that role? Well, I did, but in most of the team, if you have a little more of a veteran team, uh, like I did most of the time, 
you know, you, you had a veteran that really kind of took that role, like Miguel Cabrera kind of does this year for the Tigers, although he's not playing as much because, you know, of his injuries and stuff like that. But, um, no, I, I think it's a good thing to uh, play him in the field. You want as many two-way players as you can get, that's for sure. But I think you can also get them off their feet once in a while by letting them DH. And I think it kind of gives them a little reprieve where they're not worried about both sides of the ball. They're just worried about their offense tonight because they're hitting, and that's all they're going to do. And then put the, put a little more pressure on them by getting them out there so they can hopefully become a better two-way player uh, throughout their career because the more two-way players you have, obviously, the better your team's going to be. Jim, final one from me, and of course we started off talking about you know the concern from Cardinals fans of the huh. early start to this season. From a manager's perspective, when you're evaluating your ball club, and we always hear the cliche of Tony LaRusso's statement of it's the first week of the season. How deep into a season, Jim, do you start to look at a team and say, okay, I think I have a good idea of what we are? No, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's the first 40 games, I think you, you kind of get an idea of what's going on. Uh, but I think you have a pretty good idea before. The Cardinals are going to be fine. The one thing that I respect about the St. Louis Cardinals is they bring a lot of young players uh, from their system over their history, particularly recently. They bring young players to the big leagues, and they let them play. they they got a good farm system that develops their players. They do something right, that's for sure. And the one thing that I admire about the Cardinals is they're not afraid to let their young players play, the guys that come up from the minor leagues. And that's And I think that's really paid big dividends now. You know, that's a little easier to say when you got a team like the Cardinals because they had Goldsmith, Arenado, and Yachty Molina. Well, when you got three veterans like that, that makes it a whole lot easier to break people in. Jim, final question. We'll get you out of here on this. The Cardinals are playing in Colorado right now. They've got the final game of this series coming up in about an hour or so. How difficult is it to evaluate pitching performances when you're out at that field? Well, I, I only lasted one year there because I was a, pitch, I, I was a pitcher's manager. And, uh, you know, they treated me unbelievably great. I was just a pitcher's manager, and I just couldn't really manage in that ballpark. I think it's a little bit different now than when I was there, but I never really evaluated pitchers. I mean, when I was there, a pitcher, a starting pitcher could pitch a good game. He could give up seven runs, and he really pitched pretty good. It, it's unbelievable. Yesterday we saw Miles Michaelis go out there, and for the first four innings it, it looked pretty good, and then the fifth inning it all blew up on him. He gave up a couple of homers. It it fell apart quickly. Hey, Jim, it, it's great to be able to catch up with you. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We sincerely appreciate the time. We wish you all the best, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. You're welcome. Thank you very much.